Hello and welcome to the universe from here. This is the universe from here speaking to you right in your ear. Today, I have an episode. Um, gosh, how do I describe it? So, I talked to a person with, that struggled with addiction for a little while. And uh, it had... Let's just say... Very complicated effects on his life and he was able to overcome this through knowledge and become a better person because of it and I really respect this guy I think he's a cool fucking dude and I really hope that you can get something out of it for yourself um, that's about it so yeah it's not like the past episode where we're getting into weird stuff. This is more of a a serious one. But anyway, uh, nothing is time sensitive in this podcast. So I think we mentioned that we recorded it right after Thanksgiving or something. And that was like three weeks ago or some shit. So don't worry about that. This is just a good story to listen to. Uh, Anyway, I, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope this podcast uh, helps you out in some way, whether it be through entertainment value or something otherwise, but that's where we are. That's the universe from here, and uh, we're going there. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the universe from here. That's about it. What's up, man? <laughs> Not much, dude. It's a beautiful afternoon. Day after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Grateful for, you know, family and food and my health today. But, uh, yeah, dude. Universe from here, dude. That's a, I like, I've been thinking about the name of your podcast because I've listened to all your episodes and stuff. And that's kind of a cool name, right? Because it doesn't, generalize you into one topic right kind of keeps it keeps it open to like anything you really want to talk about so that's pretty cool yeah I think like the concept was that everybody kind of has their own universe like living in your own universe right so yeah if you just allow people to speak openly and freely about whatever the fuck they want like that seems like a super powerful thing to me <laughs> Yeah. So I'd love to have people from all walks of life to talk to because I just want to learn different perspectives, you know. That's being, being so locked into, like, if you live in the same city your whole life, you know, and that's all you know or whatever. It's like, yeah. That's what it's all about. Pretty like, much. Being able to see that there's more than just your point of view. Yeah. That's huge, dude. And that's something that I try to put into my daily life now a lot is how does it look from outside my view right because my view is definitely not always right I think it is I've thought it was for a long time like oh this is the way it is so yeah dude I'm a little arrogant I'm right <laughs> <laughs> I can't be wrong because you know I'm stubborn and, and unwilling and young and and with like such a closed mind, dude, you like close out so much of the world. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, now I try and I try to practice and keep keep that open perspective. What does it look like from your side of the table? You know, it's like uh, I was telling you about that. Whatever that little uh, what do they call them memes or gifs or something online? My my wife showed me is the two people sitting across the table, and they got. From from one point of view, it's a number six. So you're looking at a number six, but for my to, sorry, I try not to touch the table. It'll like bump the mic. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, all right. Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> anyway, what are you saying? Uh, so like from your side of the table, you're seeing the number six, right? And from my side of the table, I'm seeing a number nine, and we're having a conversation about what we're seeing, and we're both unwilling to see it from the oh, other okay. person's perspective. Yeah, that makes more sense now. See it like <laughs> yeah in front of a person. <laughs> So it's like in, in being unwilling to turn your chair around and sit in the other person's chair or you know, put yourself in the other person's shoes, you could sit there and just have this debate, which it seems a lot of people are fine and content on doing today, right. is being stuck in their belief and unwilling to see it. Oh, there's 360 degrees around this point of view. What does it look like? And use like some empathy and how does it feel from from this perspective that's that's a huge thing and that's how I feel like uh, it's something that's changing my life and allowing me to grow and become better than I was yesterday mm-hmm. so that's that's a a challenging thing it's yeah definitely for me anyways like a lot of my thinking has always been a little not good. Like, I should really think about a lot of shit, you know? Uh, just kind of lived and, mm. yeah. It's like the carrot and the stick or whatever. You just constantly go for the carrot. <laughs> yes. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Always I was chasing carrots for a long portion of my life. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> Looks good. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, especially when you get the carrot. And then you have nothing hanging on the stick anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like, fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What's the rating on this podcast it's so like PG, PG thirteen. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. So, one thought that I was having. So, like the first or the last few episodes I did, I try to open it up with like a shit story or something. Like I'm just talking <laughs> yeah. about taking it out. Never trust a poop. <laughs> yeah, and like the idea behind that. Or never is, trust a fart. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, never trust a fart. Like the idea behind that is, I want people to stop listening if they're not willing to you know take any sort of words at whatever face value i mean i'm just like joking around talking about that shit but i feel like i should start off saying something ridiculous people don't want to hear ridiculous shit i get rid of those viewers or listeners and uh, the people who want to listen will fucking stay (laughs) it does I didn't realize that. You, you kind of do start out like that. Generally. I've been trying to. <laughs> well, I screwed that up today. Well, well That's all good. We can fit in a shit story. <laughs> we could, too. Oh, 
so you know it's really funny <laughs> um i was looking on can i just put this out here yeah okay. i was looking at uh, youtube and i just started searching for live streams right and i'd find you know maybe someone will have like a thousand people or so it's, it's kind of hard to uh communicate with them when the the chat's just going a thousand miles an hour you know but I'll bump into ones that only have like 10, 15, or maybe like 100 viewers that are actively engaging with the chat. And I've been going on like the smaller ones I could find, and then I just ask people to tell me their most memorable or mu funny shit story, or bowel movement story, is how I <laughs> word it. Yeah. And uh, so I was thinking about just putting together a podcast with like a compilation of different people telling these stories <laughs> and uh, some people just fucking kick me off or ban me or whatever say oh I can't talk about that you know fucking YouTube won't like that and that's fine I get it but uh what's funny though is they started they started getting ads for like preparation H and fucking <laughs> uh, <laughs> different like stomach medicines and shit <laughs> So the, the algorithm's definitely listening to my comments. It's definitely doing its job then. Yeah. Uh, I find that, like, mind-blowing sometimes. Yeah, right. How crazy. Dude. You start talking about something, and you search one thing, and boom, it's just... Well, I didn't even think about it, because I thought Google was listening to me take dumps or something. They're like, oh, man, something's wrong with this guy. <laughs> that doesn't sound right at all. But I'm pretty sure it's just me going to those live chats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, since we're on that line, that ever since I stopped drinking like that uh, creamer, what is it, like Coffee Mate creamer with mm -hmm. you know the vanilla caramel fancy creamers, uh, I'm a lot more regular, man. That stuff was fucking up my stomach. And oh, like, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I stopped drinking it, and then I went back and tried it, and it's like, oh, man, I'm pooping three times a day. What's going on? <laughs> Four times yeah. a day. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I stopped drinking coffee in general, because I felt like I was paying $5 to take a dump, basically. All, like, fancy coffees. I'll drink black coffee. That seems to work fine. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think, just drink it black. Yeah, man. I think I've got some sort of intolerance to dairy, too. <laughs> All them fancy creamers, man, they just mess up your gut. Yeah. I don't know. My caffeine addiction's a, a weird one, because I'll go months without it, and I'll feel great, you know? And then, like, I'll just be at a barbecue or some something, somebody hands me a soda, and I'm fucking back on it, dude, just going hard. I don't know why. Caffeine has been one of my hardest addictions to get rid of. Or sugar, maybe. Maybe it's sugar. Or a combination of them. I'm not a big sugar fan. Yeah. Huge, but... Caffeine's a tough one, man. But you sleep better when you don't drink coffee right. or caffeine, and like you feel you more energized. Up. But yet, man, once you have that first drink of caffeine, you're like, oh, I need it. Got to have a cup before I talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got started at a young age because people didn't really, really realize how damaging that shit was. So like when you go to fast food chains or whatever, get a soda with your thing and i don't know i think it started when i was like five or six years old or something it's like ingrained yeah. yeah so aloha oh you brought us coffee thanks, oh, thanks. awesome
Thank you. Yeah, no problem. You must have heard my conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. That's just like a white chocolate creamer. Okay. Oh, sweet diggity. I need more brain juice, man. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> I was just talking about that. How did that go? It's crazy. Man, so uh, do you know much about quantum physics? No. Okay. Not well, a lot, but... I like to think and ponder and like think outside myself, but like I can't really share much on that because I feel like I don't know anything about it. Right. Well, I, but it does. Uh, one funny thing about quantum physics is um, there's a saying that if you say you understand quantum physics, that you don't understand quantum <laughs> physics. <laughs> See, I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, what really fascinates me about some of that is how. Uh, so there's a concept that a molecule can exist and not exist at the same time. So if you think of like a computer code, like a zero and a one, right? And then a combination of zero ones uh, will create characters or different strings of code. It's just binary, right? right. And um, so the concept behind a quantum computer is that the zeros and ones can be both at the same time. So it makes an exponential growth for how fast computers can process things because they're, they're simulating tons of different instances of just like one line of code all at the same time. And like, so yeah, you can solve incredibly complex math problems like hundreds of times faster than normal computers could. Yeah, that's heavy. Um, so... I did want to ask you about, uh, you said, are you a Christian? No. No? No. I, I would, I, I'm not any really religion. I, okay. I am spiritual and man, I'm grateful to God and I have a God and it's in my opinion and I'm going to speak about myself a lot when I speak is that we have one God. Right. If you believe in a creator, then what, what I see is a lot of people spend their time saying, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Catholic, I'm a right. Jew or whatnot, and that they're right, and their religion is the right one, and their God is the right one, and everybody else is wrong. And like reading into the Bible and... and uh, having their perspective on it and their view and this is what it says and and this is why it says that like and they have and and they're right and everybody else is wrong i don't have i don't i don't with the amount of my life that i've i feel like i've spent like i can't say wasted but uh took for granted a lot of a lot of the time in my life that i've took for granted thus far um I don't have time to sit there and read into whether I'm right or wrong about certain things, but just to try to live a better life one step at a time, one day mm -hmm. at a time, like, and just put my faith into being grateful. Okay. So, like... Yeah, I, I really like that perspective. Um, that's kind of where I come from, I think, too. Uh, I don't like being placed in into any sort of bandwagons for any 
mode of thinking, basically. Um, you know, even with like politics and stuff, you have different groups of people that all think they're doing the right thing. And all right. like, you know, so in the United States, we have two that are relevant. And then, you know, a few other ones, you have uh, libertarians and Green Party and stuff. But then if you look at like European Parliament, you know, that I think they have like 10 or 12 or something different camps that they all go to. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with the religion thing. But the reason why I brought that up was um, tying back into quantum physics that things can be both existing and not existing at the same time. Uh, when I look at religion and spirituality, uh, I'd like to be in more of a favor that it doesn't matter uh, you know, what you believe to be true as long as you have some sort of faith that there's like a higher power or something connecting us all together. It's like if you look at the the Bible or the Kabbalah or any sort of books, um, they all kind of preach the same idea, but they have different ways to get there, you know? Right, different methods. So to me, I feel like things can be both right and wrong at the same time. And uh, just the concept of spirituality, as long as that's something in your life, I feel like you'd be contributing to the, the greater power of humanity. Absolutely just is, is taking looking at, looking for the similarities and not the differences right yeah looking for the good and leaving the rest behind yeah definitely uh, and I yeah that's I think just as long as you're not practicing sick inhumane shit and killing people over your thoughts you know then yeah. it's not hurting anybody then I don't see anything wrong with it you know? yeah practice practice the the love and not the yeah. indifferences and uh yeah you can't really put me into a box i can't i can't yeah. i mean you can uh and there's a lot of stereotypes out there right if you do this you're this kind of person if you're if you act this way you're this kind of person and that's who you are and and there's a lot of truth behind stereo there, there's some truth behind stereotypes obviously otherwise there wouldn't be but it's not it's not a constant right and people mm -hmm. change yeah, exactly. Uh, like, to say you're something now doesn't mean you're going to be that five years from now. Yeah, man. I, I, five years from now uh, is... You, I can't you, even see five years from now. <laughs> you, have the, you have the keys to, the, to writing out your map, right? Like yeah. it's, it's what you do today that uh, produces tomorrow, right? So... I'm uh, not disrespecting myself and by that I mean you know all right obviously I smoke cigarettes I'm still disrespecting myself but you know uh, the things that come out of me and the things that allow allow into me am I disrespecting myself in every single little thing and that for me brings me either one step closer to being a better person or one step further back from being a better person so like you know am I yelling at my kids does that make me a better person or a worse person? Or am I sitting down and am I talking to them? Am I having a conversation and, uh, you know, saying this is, well, this is, this is why we do this. And they, they can question that. that. That's cool. They can question that respectfully, right? And do it with, uh, 
uh, a good conversation. Uh, you know, I don't know where to, how to say it, how to word that right now, but um, take some growth from it because obviously, like if somebody starts yelling at you, dude, like that doesn't that makes people shut down. That makes people defensive. That makes people so it's not it's not uh, proactive for me. It doesn't give me any any type of solution. So. Um, kind of forgot where I was going with that, but uh, it's been, uh, for me, like a a battle for a long time to get these these open, to be open-minded, to take that other perspective and and realize that, you know, I'm not not always right. So, Dang, what was the question you asked? I forgot what I was I don't know. I think I was just rattling shit off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was going pretty good, and I lost my focus. More coffee. Yeah. I guess that's that's what I wanted to talk to you, though. Um, Because in all my interactions with you, you just have a very positive perspective. You know, like, I rarely see you in a bad mood. I'm, I'm sure people have bad days or whatever, but, you know... It's like you always got a smile on your face, well, most of the time, and uh, you've been through a lot of shit, dude. Like, you've been thrown in a fucking cage for a portion of your life, and, you know, not a lot of people understand what that's like. I don't understand what that's like. Um, So, yeah, I just thought hearing some things on whatever you'd want to talk about, like, if you could... If you could reach out to somebody, even if it's just one person, who knows who the fuck they are, and, like, do something positive for them, uh, that's what I want to find in this conversation. <laughs> so you want me to reach out and touch your listeners? <laughs> uh, Maybe yeah. just sniff their hair. <laughs> uh, not creepy, like, just... You know, <laughs> just a good sniff behind the ear. What shampoo are you using? <laughs> <laughs> Smell that tresemme from here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of why I was asking what your uh, your uh, the ratings on this was because I very well may talk about adult subjects and say something that is offensive to you or you don't believe. Uh, so. Um, I guess I challenge your listeners, man, just to have an open mind and to try and take that 360-degree perspective on on uh, situations that they don't fully understand, or you know, something something to that nature. Because uh, so, yeah, I've I've struggled a lot uh, in my life, you know. Uh, I am a, like an eight-time felon or something like that in Washington State, you know. So if you want to put me in a box and like try to identify who I am, you could use that if you wanted. Uh, that's how I look on paper. Uh, I didn't really believe five years ago, and uh, also when I was when I was younger is when I started at seventeen. Um, I didn't think picking up a drug when I was seventeen for the first time that I would end up a junkie, that I would end up in prison. Nobody ever does that. Like, if you remember, well, I'm going to show my age a little bit. The old commercials in the 90s, uh, 
there was two. One was, uh, this is your brain, and the guy's holding up an egg. Oh, yeah, and, and then smash it and this fuck is, up the kitchen and shit. No, this is, he has the frying pan mm-hmm. and uh, with, the, with the oil or the butter in there sizzling or whatever, and he, this is your brain on drugs, and he cracks it and puts it in the pan. Um, that one doesn't mean so much to me as uh, the other one where it's, it's a young kid and, you know, he's playing sports, but he lives kind of, he's doing something and running and he kind of lives in a bad neighborhood, but whatever is the basic point is they say, uh, nobody ever says when I grew up, I want to be a junkie. And that resonates more to me now today than, than back then, obviously. Uh, because if you make the one singular event, if you use drugs today, does that make you a bad person? No, I, I don't think so. Um, if you use drugs, if you use drugs for the first time and continually use drugs and then start doing bad things, does that make you a bad person? Um, for me, no. I mean, you're doing bad things, but there's. All right, so for for me, uh, I picked up drugs at seventeen, right at the end of me being in high school and the first time I tried drugs I was hooked and by drugs I mean speed and I instantly just felt amazing and uh, started selling drugs like the next day and I did that for like five years Um, what people don't think about is is why that or maybe they do um why why did you continue that's your choice that makes you a bad person you're making bad choices um for me the first choice the only choice i ever had was the first choice after that there was no choice um it had to become so uncomfortable for me to change you know they say people will only change when it is more uncomfortable for them to stay where they're at than it is to change. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be so uncomfortable, and, and that's different for everybody, is what's your comfort level? Maybe you use drugs and you lose your whole paycheck, and you're like, fuck, this is too uncomfortable for me. I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, for me, I guess I have a really high comfortable or low <laughs> comfortability level because <laughs> it took me, you know, it's taken me quite some time and uh, more than a couple tries. Um, but it, it really all has to do with like, with your brain and the way that your brain's wired, right? Uh, and you can believe me or not, if you've never used drugs, you probably are, maybe think uh, you're full of shit or uh, if you've tried drugs and you're, you didn't continue using consistently, maybe you just didn't use the right drug or maybe your brain is not wired that way, right? We all have... I can't say that anybody has had like that I know has had a perfect childhood, a perfect upbringing, right? I feel like we all have had a struggle in our own lives, right? No matter what that is, uh, you, you know, I've had my struggles. I'm sure you've had your struggles. So we all have past traumas, right? And uh, the way that your mind works is like, and I'm not going to be exact here because I don't remember uh, all the references, uh, but it's like 75% of your 
what you do today is based on the way you wired your brain when you were a child, right? Mm -hmm. So, like I said earlier, if your old man yells at you um, when you're a young child, you have to do something, right? You either try to make yourself non-existent, you try to uh, cower down, you try to be perfect, or you, you speak up, you yell back, you get angry, and you develop these routines every time something happens, right? Every time something happens, you react a certain way. So uh, you develop these routines and it becomes unconscious, right? In your subconscious. And you carry that into your adult life until, because it's become routine. It's become something you don't even think about. So um, we all have like these struggles and, and uh, feelings. Feelings is, is something that's really hard for me to even say that word sometimes or talk about. But I'm going to try and do that some here today. Uh, that we want, we don't want to necessarily deal with, right? Sometimes shit in life happens that it's like, fuck, dude. I don't, I don't really want to deal with this. I don't know how I feel. And using drugs just provides that escape. It provides like, oh, I don't have to deal with this. And you don't. Like I said, for me, like the first time I felt great. I'm not going to say like I didn't have some good times using drugs, but uh, for the majority, dude, it, it took away everything I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it will do. It will destroy you. Like, and when you get. When you get done, if you if you come to the place where you can come back to reality, right? You still have all those issues that you were that you were not trying to deal with. You know, you have those traumas from your past that are still there, and now you've added homelessness. You've added not having a vehicle. You've added being in prison. You've added whatever, like all this additional shit on top. Um, and so, so like a lot of that comes from, uh, for me, like, and it's taken a long time to really realize this is I didn't feel worthy, right? For whatever reason, I didn't feel like I was lovable after using drugs. I didn't feel like there was an option for me to stop. Uh, and that comes like that comes along with being tagged. For me, I've been a felon since I turned 18 years old. Right after I turned 18, it wasn't too long after I'd started using drugs, I got, uh, I got arrested my first time in California and got a felony. So I've been a felon since I was 18 years old. And, uh, so once you, at that point I was, I was just using drugs. Like it wasn't really a bad, doing bad things besides harming myself. And that's a belief that I've, I carried for a long time that if you use drugs, man, like I'm not hurting anybody else. Why should you fucking care? It's none of your business. 
I still fucking went to work. Like, I felt like I was okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> but um, eventually it distorts your, your uh, perception of things and your priorities, right? Um, because now I'm, ex- I'm feeling sick or um, I'm, t- I'm tired and I got to go to work. So I've got to go find drugs, dude, because I've got to go to and then you end up don't going to work and then you end up losing your job eventually. Um, for me, I, I carried a job a lot of the times and that's what I think I allowed myself to believe. Like, you're cool, man. You're not hurting anybody else. You're making your money. Um, but then it you know, came down to breaking a lot of laws along with it. Just for, started out for fun and then became essential when I was younger. And at least I thought became essential. And like, uh, that's, that's not who I am today. Um, kind of lost where I was going with that, but. Um, so, oh yeah, so your mind, right? So it, it ties your your initial upbringing thoughts into what you do today. So if you were yelled at as a kid, what did you learn from that? How do how do you react? And that it goes, it's like you don't even think about it initially. So um, today I challenge a lot of those thoughts that I have. Um, especially if it's something that I'm getting angry about, if I'm having feelings about, I'm like, okay, this is uncomfortable. I'm going to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable and think about this and examine why I feel this way. Why am I getting mad about it? All right. Well, maybe it's because uh, my dad used to yell at me and now my wife's yelling at me. And so I get this instant defensive reaction and what I know is to yell back. So I do that without even thinking. Well, I've done that in the past for a long time. Now, I challenge that. Like, I don't get... It's natural to to get angry and get upset about things, to, you know... But challenge that. Like, all right, she just yelled at me about something. She's probably a little upset. Why is she upset? All right. If I yell back at her, I know what's going to happen. I've done that for years, right? So that doesn't, nobody wins. So and then I try and to, to conduct an argument with, or not an argument, in a, a response uh, showing that empathy. Okay, I understand. And generally, whoever, you know, if I, I'm not saying I don't yell, because sometimes that happens and then, uh, Generally, we examine the situation, and, and now we're able to come to a, a point of understanding from empathy, from seeing each other's point of view. Uh, it's taken a lot of time to, to be able to do that. <laughs> uh, but, so yeah, man, like nobody, the, the first time you use you like nobody ever says it. If you see somebody, like if you see people out in the community and in front of your store or on the corner, man, and you, and you see them and you're like, oh, they're a fucking drug addict. Like they do, well, they deserve to be there. They deserve what they get. Like Some people only have that first choice, man, because that's the way their brain's wired. And you can believe it or not, but that's, that's the way it is. Well, people that are born into that, I'm especially sympathetic for. I mean, like... You know, if your parents are users and it just kind of falls onto you. I mean, 
at a young age, that's, I feel like those are the ones that are really hard to snap out of it, you know? Absolutely, dude, because, and my heart bleeds, man, for, I'm very sympathetic and empathetic to to people who struggle with addiction, mm-hmm. um, who are in their active addiction. Uh, uh, I guess I should clarify, um, yeah. just for your knowledge, I think it was about four years of my life, um, every single day for four years, I ate Adderall uh, in yeah. some form. And I was like abusing it, not like, you know, taking taking it medicinally or anything. Right. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that stuff at all. I'd take up to 90 milligrams a day. And uh, I think that eventually turned into mixing it with uh, opiates. Uh-huh. So like just low doses of codeine and stuff, basically. So basically speed balls. Right. But, I went through the same thing for about four years myself. Okay. Um, I didn't I was, know that. cool. I was just lucky enough to float under the fucking radar somehow. <laughs> yeah. And some people are. That's No, I didn't know that. Uh, off topic real quick. Do you know how to play the guitar? A little bit. I used to. Okay. I've just been wondering that, man. Like, I see the beard and, like, <laughs> uh, I just picked up the guitar, like, five, six months ago and, and just started learning myself teaching myself a little bit here and there so nice. i was i've been seeing your beard and i was thinking about that um but like i should get a bass and we should start a band <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's it's a great way for me man to like when my when my brain is uh overactive mm-hmm. to get my mind off of whatever is going on up there to settle my mind because all i can think about is all right, what chord am I playing? All right, what's my timing? And for those few moments, you know, those twenty minutes, dude, that I'm that I'm playing, uh, that's all I'm focused on. So, yeah. and when I come out of that, I feel a little bit better. That's, um, are you learning music theory? No, I'm. I'm just looked just up, up some chords, chords online. Doing songs you like or something? Uh, yeah, I'm still. I started out with uh, Buffalo Springfield. Uh, damn, what's the name of the song? I can't remember the name of the song right now, but uh, yeah, that's the one I'm practicing right now. So. Yeah, I think that's a good way to start, just to get comfortable with finger positioning and stuff. Yeah. Um, if you can actually take the time to learn music theory, uh, it seems complex when you look at like sheet music and stuff. They they have all different types of notes and whatnot, and different ways to orient them. Um, but once if you actually pick up music theory, I feel like there's a point where it just clicks for people. So like a lot of people stare at this shit, they can read all about it, have somebody talking about it, and like it might not fall into place for a while, but I see this with anybody who starts to pick it up, it just clicks at some point. And then all of a sudden it's like, you've unlocked a new language, basically. Um, so being able to speak through the language of music is an extremely powerful thing for the soul, I believe. Um, you know, they're like monks and shit that just do mantras all day. They're just like vibrating resonance throughout their body to heal and shit. Um, I think there's really something to that. And it, the vibration healing. Oh, what was that? The vibrate the the theory of vibration healing or something. Uh, 
I was talking about this with somebody the other day. I'm not super familiar with it. Um, I think it's the Law of Harmonics that we were getting into. Um, that was Johannes Kepler uh, mapped out the uh, solar system in tune with musical theory, basically, hmm. which is very interesting, thinking that all of our planets <laughs> actually function the same way as like a guitar would. Yeah. I think for me, like, I definitely relate a lot to music and uh, feel a certain way like about different types of music, like when you hear it, right? How does it make you feel? depending on if you're listening to, to country, rap, uh, rock and roll, like each style of music makes you feel a certain way. Dude, Why? I, I, I Why used did... to listen to a lot of rap. Yeah. And uh, at some point I realized it was like giving me road rage for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. And I was just like, man, all this like negative rap music. I'm, I'm not saying all rap is negative there's definitely super positive groups like tribe called quest and stuff that you know they have good positive messages but i was listening to like angry rap for a long time and it's just making me fucking mad <laughs> yeah 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 i can't i can't disagree with you there um i had uh, to stop it was just like realized one day i was like oh my god <laughs> if you could put a genre of music on your life what would your life genre of music oh, be or can you plug it down to one? That's it could... <laughs> a crazy question. Huh. I'd probably want to say, like, what it used to be was, like, uh, jungle music. So, like, you know, uh, it's like a fast-paced techno type yeah, thing. Yeah, I am a jungle. Because um, I feel like I was just nonstop all the time, just go, you know. And, uh, <laughs> I think lately, I connect a lot more with, uh, I don't know, like music from the the '60s and the '70s, like more classic rock type things. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to say things like Jimi Hendrix really right. tune into my brain somehow, but. Uh, yeah, in contrast, like, he has a lot of positive songs, so, like, when I'm feeling great, it's just, like, a, a symphony of different noises, and there, there's there's a level of complexity of uh, how he uses the guitar to speak his own language, and, you know, he has such huge fingers, he can bend chords in a way that most people just can't physically, you know? Um, Some of the finger work on the guitar. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh, you get used to it. Yeah. yeah, it just takes a long time. It's like learning how to. Oh, um, yeah, you got to crawl, and then you mm, yeah. learn how to walk. So <laughs> I'm definitely like pre-crawling. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the same time, though, I really relate with like Black Sabbath too, and uh, you know, well early early black sabbath and a lot of that stuff is like uh, there's really dark tones to it you know like um how's that one the first song on the first black sabbath album you know what i'm talking about uh no um does he go i can't remember the lyrics off the top of my head but 
it's like really slow and they just go and he's like telling this story about how like the devil's like creeping inside of him or something and before it like splashes into the the hard part he says oh god please help me or something like that and that just bangs right into it um I feel like some sort of space between those two. <laughs> so it's like there's a constant battle of good and evil in my mind or something. Oh, you're not the only one. Yeah. Okay. Or I'm, I'm not the only one. Sorry. Yeah. That's cool. That, you know, it's something about that, like, people not, not knowing they're the only one. You know what I mean? Like, the therapy like so if you got a if you got an auto problem right and you need to fix your car who do you go to i don't have a car guy right now <laughs> but you'd go to the car guy that you that knows about cars right if you if you want to know about baking you go to a baker if you want to know about mm-hmm. hunting you go to a hunter right if you are struggling with addiction you go to somebody who's been through that right? yeah. it's the it's the therapeutic value of of somebody knowing about something and knowing you're not the only one going through it for some reason that's comforting like oh i'm not the only one that thinks like this there's not i'm not the only one with all the voices yeah <laughs> by voices i just mean my internal dialogue that i have to fucking yeah, have with myself yeah. yeah the devil and the angel on one on each shoulder yeah uh which one prevails man well it's funny like you know, I can be like playing. I got a puppy like five months ago, so it's been really cool watching him like learn, like what the fuck is life? You know, everything's so new to him. He just wants to eat everything for some reason. You know, it's like, what's this taste like? Yeah, you know? I gotta know that everything tastes and, like. And uh, there's something really cool about seeing like that pure innocence, right? So like that puts me in a really great spot. And then like just at the snap of a finger, I could you know, look at a, a video on YouTube about politics or something and I go straight to that dark place. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just think trying to find the balance between the two is where I'm at and it kind of involves... Um, so, have you messed with tarot cards at all? Uh, I haven't personally, no. Like, I've had somebody flip them on me, you know, yeah. once or twice, but... Um, I haven't really done a lot of that. There's one card called uh, Temperance, and I might be wrong on this, don't quote me, but uh, there's a guy standing there with two cups, and he's pouring the water into another cup, and he's got his foot dipped in a body of water, right? So it's like um, to find that balance, you know, to, to transition between cups, you have to always be inside that water basically so it's like i don't know i think there's fucked up crazy shit going on in the world right now and i'd i'd like to do anything i could to to help fix some problems but you know i'm only one person but i feel like if i uh, if i'm just ignorant in whatever topics you know if i don't realize it's happening or whatever um I'm not doing anything to balance out the good and the bad. And, you know, so like you were saying, uh, you know, go to the car guy or whatever, 
you go to the addiction guy, um, they have a lot of experience in that field. So you can still be like dabbling in that territory, basically, because it's probably become a part of you, I'd imagine. That's like the struggle, you know. Um, but to be able to have control and balance over that is the key to me. It is. That's where the internal dialogue is fucking yeah. going constantly, bro. Uh, you know, the water is supposed to represent emotion in those cards. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of deep. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a balance and a struggle with that, man. But uh, so. For me, I mean, I guess, all right, I'll tell you a brief how, what I've been through and, and how I've gotten to where I'm at today, um, how it's affected my family, how it's affected, um, and maybe what you, what you, uh, I'll make a couple of statements at the end, I guess, about kids and stuff like that, about family, and, uh, you know, just just my message of, of hope for people, because um, I feel like everybody in America like has somebody in their family or knows somebody that uh, struggles with addiction is an active addiction, and um, some people just don't know what to do with that and why. Like for a long time, dude. I, okay, so I started using when I was seventeen. Before that, I was great student, great kid, athlete four years, varsity, high school, um, you know, I went through uh, some abuse when I was younger, and, you know, my, my parents were never together, uh, I did have a stepdad, and my real dad was there, like, in my life, but, so, like, I struggled with a lot of different things, uh, a lot of anger when I was younger, um, I remember going to, like, anger management during school, while I was in elementary school, dude, because I, like, I popped off and punched one of my favorite teachers in 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 the eye because. And how old were you? I was uh, I was in third grade. And just punched him in the dick, dude. <laughs> no, <laughs> or did he, you have to jump. He up on he the got table? no. <laughs> he got down on. He was tall and he was man, and I felt so bad about it for years, dude. Uh, he was like sixty five, seventy years old, and oh, he was shit. like you know six foot, and he knew like he seen the potential in me, man, and like. I was extremely smart, and he could see that I was really like an angry child, dude. And so he got down on one knee, and he was trying to tell me he was trying to tell me something, and I was just so fucking angry at that point in my life, dude. I just punched him, bow, and then uh, so that started my uh, therapy that has been lifelong, uh, and I've been closed off to like being so closed-minded, and not just with therapy, just with everything to deal with any type of emotions for forever like I was kind of raised with that I guess machismo where toughen up don't be a baby be perfect provide for your family work 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 and deal with it like you know and when I was younger we didn't really talk about feelings at all as a family we didn't really communicate a whole lot like my mom and my stepdad worked really hard we had a house you know, but we weren't whatever. So that was my childhood, man. And then, like, as I went through high school, uh, I started drinking at, like, 
my sophomore year. I think I was in uh, drama or something. I just started like I just started drinking. Oh, I went to a party. That's what it was. I went to a party, and the first time I drank, like I got so wasted, dude. And like I guess that's where my addiction started, and I didn't realize it because like I started drinking in school, and uh, it just kind of carried on into my into my twenties and whatnot. But um, so. But I like I still had I still had some goals, man. Like I still had some dreams, right? Like I kind of I didn't really know all about like what's in the world. Like when you go to school, dude, I don't feel like they teach you what's really out there in life. Like what are your yeah. opportunities? What are your what is the potential out there, man? I don't remember school like growing up. I I only thought about a few like what is there to do? Oh, you could be a cop. You could be a, you know, you could be a fireman. Like, it was very limited. I didn't know all the different trades and fucking what it takes to make a, a world, a, a community, and, like, all these opportunities. And, like, so, um, initially, man, I wanted to be a police officer. There was a lot of police officers in my family, and it's it's kind of funny to say that now after what I've been through. And, you know, when, when you're in addiction, dude, people don't like cops, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, yeah, I wanted to be a police officer. So, like, my junior year... I was like in the junior police academy or whatever they had through my school because the police department was right across the street. And like, I I don't think my my mom wasn't really hip with that. Like she's a worry wart, you know what I mean? And like, so she's like, oh, that's kind of like negative on it. And so uh, me as a, like I wanted to to please my parents, right? Mm. So I'm like, okay, well, fuck, I won't do that, you know? So I kind of dropped out of that. And uh, I didn't really know what to do, man. And then, like, uh, the end of the school year came along, and uh, my buddies, a couple of my buddies smoked weed, dude. And they had been asking me, like, I'm like, and I was always like, you know, no, because I had, I was focused, like, I had shit going on. I was, uh, I was in cross country, I was in wrestling, and I was in track. So I was busy all year long, like, working my ass off bro and I was like I've always been one to whatever I do I dive into it deep and I you know I, I give it my all so I guess I've, I've kind of always had that impulsive addiction like I'm going into this and I'm not gonna stop yeah type personality and uh dude, I think we got a lot of the same shit going on yeah <laughs> it's like when I was younger dude uh I was just all gung-ho about fucking learning as much as I could I started computer programming at a young age and fucking I think it was like 15 I fucking smoked some weed and that just like spiraled out of control somehow I'm not saying weed started it but right it's not the gateway yeah it's definitely not. not um but yeah I took the after I dropped out of the police academy my my next idea was like I had taken the ASVAP uh which is the it's the military test or whatever to go into a branch of military. Okay. And I passed that, man, uh, for the Navy, and they said you could be whatever you wanted to be. Like, my score was so high that I could be anything in the Navy that I wanted to be, pretty much. And my mom wasn't really hip with that either. Like, she was just, you know, politics at the time or whatever, and what we're just going to go on. And so after that, man, like, it was the end of, of uh, my high school career, and... Uh, track season got over and my buddy's like hey man you know smoke some weed and like i didn't really have any 
thing that I was working towards anymore. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have another trade. I knew I didn't want to go to a four-year college, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, man. Like I was scared. Like, oh fuck, I'm I'm gonna be an adult, bro. And like, what do I do? Like, and like, uh, you know, I didn't really realize that I was in control of my own life now. Like, that's kind of a weird concept. You go <laughs> yeah, from being yeah. under control to like, you do what you're told, and boom, now now you have all this fucking room. And I didn't have goals. Like, I wasn't dreaming about what I wanted to be. Like. I was I was just kind of stuck, and so yeah, I smoked weed, dude, and then like prom came along, and uh, my uncle had just bought a house in Anaheim Hills, filthy, nice house, right? It's a it's a it's a nice neighborhood, we'll say. Um, and I I helped him open his uh, financial business, or I did his book work and and did a lot of customer contact, um, talking. To, talking to people but since I was a felon like I couldn't be a licensed uh, he does financial investments Mm -hmm. so I kind of cut that road off for me Uh, but um, so yeah I had had a prom party at his house and uh, my my other buddy was like oh you smoked weed oh here try this and he fucking puts a piece of paper in my mouth and I ate it and it was acid and I fried that night and then the next day was uh, I tried I tried speed uh, and methamphetamine, ice, crystal, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, and I was I was addicted right at the, the right at the end of my high school career. From then till I was like, uh, it was. Uh, oh, you know what sucks about that? Because um, to me, how they educate you in school about drugs, they just say you know all drugs are bad. Oh, right. Yeah. So, what that tells me is it's like okay, you smoked weed, felt fine, you know, nothing bad happened. Right. Ate some acid. Right. Felt fine the next day, nothing crazy. It's like, well, what's wrong with this shit? Right. Yeah. They're fucking lying to me. <laughs> That's something that I wanted to talk about too. Is like I didn't know shit about drugs really. Yeah. Um. My aunt had an addiction, and I remember when I was younger, uh, she had come over or whatnot, and we, we lived in a cul-de-sac, dude, and she's out in the middle of the cul-de-sac, like, fucking looking up at the sky, like, the helicopters are coming for me and shit like that, and, like, my parents never talked about it. Like, it was just, that was, my mom's kind of like that. She will keep things to herself and mm-hmm. kind of sweep them under the rug, right? And so I didn't know shit about drugs. I failed dare class in like sixth grade for whatever reason, man. I didn't like writing. I don't want to write an essay, but yeah, they, they, they just say, yeah, drugs are bad. The war on drugs, yeah. right? They've been trying to do that for what, 40 years? Mm-hmm. It's not working, man. There's, there's got to be a different, uh, a different route than a war, right? Um, well, you know, the which war is something drugs. I want to talk about. The war on drugs really bothers me because it, it seems like a, a response to the, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but like the hippie movement, basically, because they're like, oh, shit, we have a bunch of radical free thinkers out there and they're dancing and playing music. Fuck, how do we get them under control? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I mean, that, that that goes long and deep, man. Like, Yeah, sorry. No, that, <laughs> could, that's okay. I could okay. go on and on about the war on drugs, too. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, you hear, like, the, the government 
is the one funding all the drugs, yeah. right? The poppy fields, fucking this. And, yeah, man. There's so many, just so much from proof and shit like that. That's what the government has done, has brought it to our country and allows it to go on and tells you. Now, now let's create a war on this. And uh, f- for, for me and for maybe a lot of people, if you tell me not to do something, I'm probably going to try it. Uh, especially, especially a lot more when I was younger, right? Like, don't tell me I'm gonna, don't tell me I can't do this. I'm gonna fucking do it, and I think that's where they, that's why there's the war, uh, because it, it gets that reaction out of people, right? When they legalized marijuana, dude, you don't have any like all these uh, black op grows. You don't they they're making money off of it, um, but now like I don't know, it's fucking it's it's crazy and deep. They've realized like, they can make money hand over fist <laughs> more than they were jailing people for marijuana yeah. right uh yeah dude i remember going to jail quite a few times for possession of marijuana and people oh, thought really? i was such a bad person yeah in uh, california and like now what is your perspective on that oh he was smoking weed he went to jail oh yeah that was fucked up he shouldn't go to jail because <laughs> you know smoking weed it's legal right mm-hmm. uh i think there's something to that like I think, and I can't remember what country uh, they, uh, I guess, legalized, didn't they? Oh, in Amsterdam? Um, or I think it's another country, but they, instead of jailing people for a possession of a controlled substance, man, they, they de-legalized they de- illegalized it? I don't know. Decriminalized. Decriminalized. Thank you. <laughs> decriminalized. And instead of taking all that money and putting it into housing people in jail and this and that and making new jails, and uh, they took it and put it into their economy, into building those people up, into giving them love, into showing them that there's a better way, into um, s- something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not that's the, the ticket or the the answer, it's better than what they're it's doing. better than what's been going on, man, because it's just getting worse and worse and. You know, it's it's been killing people for years, but now it's getting it's so bad, bro. But um, yeah, so uh, you want to hear uh, in February first, two thousand and four. So it's four years after I graduated high school. This when my grandma passed away, man, and she was my favorite person in the world, and uh, it caused me to go off the deep end of my using, like. And I remember uh, driving to this casino with my really good friend Kelly and and coming back, dude, and I was on all sorts of cocktail of drugs. Like, I just didn't know how to deal with that, bro. Mm -hmm. And, like, so I'm laying in the back seat of her fucking, her pickup truck or whatever, looking out the window. And, like, I just visualized in the clouds, man, my grandma, she was talking to me and she sent me a message, dude. And, like, I could see, like, the clouds forming and I created, I guess, my own narrative, or it was God speaking to me, or however you want to see that, um, that I needed to leave, and I needed to stop doing what I was doing, and, like, I kind of seen, like, a train or whatever, man, and so the only, like, the next day, uh, the next day I called my mom, and I was just, I was done, dude, like, because it was either death or, or prison at that point, and, like, so I called my mom. It's like, 
I had one buddy that lived out of town. He just moved to Arizona, Lake Havasu. And uh, I was like, yeah, I need to, I called him. He's like, you can come stay on my couch, bro. He used to struggle with addiction. And so I, I, I told my mom, she bought me a train ticket. I went out there and that was uh, the first time I uh, started the battle to, to stop using. I just, I just, I didn't want to die at that point in my life. Like, so I went out there and started working, man. And I stopped, I was still dabbling a little here and there. And then I fucking, I met my, my wife and uh it wasn't supposed to be anything like it was we were young we're in lake havasu is spring break you know it's girls gone wild fucking capital of the world you know i'm working at denny's and and that's where i met her she worked there too and uh it was just it was fate man like we're she got pregnant and uh one year later february 1st 2005 one year prior, my grandma had died. One year later, on the exact same day, my first son was born. And so that's what really drove me. Like, We ended up deciding to... Uh, she's from Washington. I'm from California. We both ran away for our own reasons to Lake Havasu. Uh, we ended up deciding to live up here. And uh, that, gave me, that gave me purpose. Like, now I know I had a goal again. I had a dream. I had a, I had a purpose, right? For all those years, I just didn't know what I wanted, what I needed to be. And like at that moment, man, like I just wanted to be a good dad, you know. So, um, dad moved up here. You know, I struggled. I was on probation because you know I've been on probation my whole life. Um, I've never, I, I stopped using my drug of choice. I don't even like saying that phrase. Uh, the drug that chose me. <laughs> you know the one that tore my life apart and uh, that so um I, I stopped using that but my character defects like went deep you know as uh, a lot of people's do and uh i went back into heavy drinking like for for a while like i was i always worked really hard man but like i still drank a lot and and you can I guess they say like a dry drunk, right? You can stop drinking, but if you're still being an abusive asshole, if you still have all this rage, if you still have these character defects, right? <clears throat> you're a dry drunk. It's it's the same fucking thing if you're if you're using drugs or not. If you still have all those fucking bad characteristics, man, you you're you're not really much better. Mm-hmm. Um So, so that went on, man, but like we did we did some things, right? I did some things right along the way, you know, like I was, I was, I was present with my kids when they were babies, like, and that's really important. The first few years is to just love on them, man, and just to give all that love, to teach them. Um, you know, it's the hard, do you have kids? No. Dude, the hardest thing in the world, man, I, I feel like, well, maybe not the hardest thing in the world, but it's teaching a kid to read English. Really? It is so fucked up. <laughs> like if you think about it we got all these rules in english and like i before ye except in weird and fucking this and that and it, it doesn't make sense yeah it's so it's such a struggle to teach kids to read bro yeah. uh, i but, think i was super fortunate um in first grade i i'm not sure what most kids did in first grade do you know when you learned to read I was—I don't even really remember. Must have been like kindergarten, first grade, bro. Cause okay, 
Um, I just always really remember. I don't remember struggling to learn to read at all. Right. So my my first grade teacher really really stressed so much on like using uh, proper phonetics and whatever uh, sentence structure and how to spell words and shit and uh, yeah I feel like that was a super impactful thing for me because then I remember like well the the next year I can't even remember what my teacher even looked like or anything I learned then. It's like, how do I go from yeah. one year just like information dump into my brain to the right. next year? It's like, where we're fucking wasting time. I don't even know what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> uh, you got to hit it hard and early, I think. But, man, their brains are so like. Yeah, they're so malleable. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> and and that yeah, it's as I've talked about the way your brain's wired. That's super important, like yeah. period in in your life. Now, it's not set in stone if that's what happens, that, you know, that's the way you are forever, right? Because you can challenge those beliefs, you can challenge what's what's gone on. Um, well, there, there's weird shit with how people learn to speak, too. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, people that learn to speak Chinese at an extremely young age, um, it's damn near impossible for them to pronounce certain letters in the English language because it's like ingrained in their mind that this is how it comes off the tongue right, right. and I think it's specifically with R's I want to say hmm. um, God, I can't think of it at the top of my head but uh, yeah so like people with the Chinese accent um, it, it sounds difficult to understand sometimes but it's because it's so ingrained in them to speak like that. So anyway, that's off topic. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it's, yeah. Um, so like, no, I remember. Do I? Uh, you know, I did some things right um, for for a little bit, and uh, but here's the thing, like with like that whole machismo stuff, like what's machismo? Like. Uh, I guess just like, I don't know how to explain it, like, manly, you gotta be manly, you have to do... Macho man. Macho man, machismo, yeah. yeah. Okay. The bravado. Uh, growing up that way, like, uh, when I had kids, right, like, I, I'd heard about this fucking, like, these 12-step programs, right? Like, they forced me to do some while I was, you know, on probation in California. And I just kind of walked this crooked line, right? Because I didn't believe that uh, I was doing anything wrong at the point, mm-hmm. at that point, you know? So, like, yeah, I'd heard about these these 12-step programs and, and me, I'm like, I'm good. I got this, bro. I don't, I don't need help. I, I put down those drugs. I stopped using you know, for eight years, didn't didn't pick up a controlled substance, and I'm good. Like, but I didn't change anything else. All I did was put down that drug, right. and that was cool. Like, that's the first step. Really, the first step is saying, "Fuck, what I'm doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. This isn't working for me. This isn't fucking." Making me a better person. This isn't who I want to be, um, and that's a tough thing to do. Is admit that you need help. Like, that's that's still something really hard for me to like 
to speak up and say, like, I know that I need to reach out to people, but to reach, to speak up and say, hey, man, I'm fucking struggling. I'm having, I need some help right now, dude. That's, that's super hard. And like, like that even kind of breaks me up to just say it, even though like, I don't necessarily need any help right now, but I need something like, cause my brain is so fucking wired wrong. Like even today, like constantly I'll have like, my brain will start fucking saying, oh yeah, hey, wait, that's a good idea to go fucking use drugs. Why? Because this reason or that reason or like whatever the situation might be. And so I have to dig deep and I have to fucking realize that. Have you ever had cognitive behavioral therapy? Yeah, yeah. The ABCs. Uh, what's that? How was that? Uh, I always just, feel like I would have benefited from yeah, going through that. Um, I just briefly had it like... Uh, Spoke with a, a CBT therapist or whatever uh, for like maybe a few weeks or whatnot. Um, it was really cool. I learned some really good stuff there about like uh, how to make like where your decision making comes from and how to make a wise decision, right? To, so um, for me, I'm really a logical person. I feel. That's how I've always been. Um, for my wife, she's an emotional person. She acts on emotions a lot, right? And um, so he's like, so there's different way, different minds to make your decision from. Do you make it from a logical point of mind or do you make it from an emotional point of mind? And what is, how do you make a decision from the wisdom mind? And uh, really it breaks down to being empathetic, right? Opening up your mind and allowing yourself to look at the logical, the emotional, how it makes that ripple effect in your life, and then making a decision from there. And that's where you get some wisdom from, is, is seeing it how other people could see it and trying to make a better decision. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like, I don't know if you've heard about like the ABCs. Mm -mm. Uh, it's something that I've done, I think, in uh, counseling, but are, are definitely my uh, anger management class uh, so ABCs you have an activating event you have your beliefs and then you have your consequences a lot of people I can't say a lot of people alright so for here for what I've done for a lot of my life just be like okay activating event this happened and because this happened all right, so let me just throw this out here. My wife pops off the handle and fucking starts screaming at me, and that's an activating event. Now, my belief is I'm fucking mad. I don't want to deal with this, and I'm going to close off, and I'm going to use drugs because my brain said that was a good idea today, and, and obviously the consequences can go deep and dark. A lot of people, I used to believe it was that activating event, right? That's the beginning of your ABCs. This happened. So I believe this, and this is what ends up happening. But really, it's your beliefs that control your consequences, right? So if you see this activating event, what I was talking about earlier, is to look inside and challenge those beliefs. Yeah, you got mad. All right, she's yelling at me. Okay, do I really believe that? Going out and using drugs is a good thing. 
I know the answer to that one, man. But um, it's amazing how my brain will be like, you don't think about the dark times. You don't think. You don't think about. Uh, all I remember is, and that's not truly how it is. All I really remember is the dark times. But when my brain triggers and something happens, and I'm really what I am is uncomfortable in this situation, and I don't know how I feel. I've related that for so long. To even from my childhood, right? If somebody's fucking going off on me. I'm removing myself from this situation mentally, physically, if I can. And we don't talk about that. You don't feel about that, right? So um, today, really, I really challenge myself to feel and to be okay feeling and to work through that because that's where you find, that's where you, you have to go through the struggle to get through the struggle. You have to stand there until you get what you're standing there for. If you run into a struggle, man, and you run away from that, does that mean that struggle's not there? And it is. And you have to, you have to work on yourself, on your character defects. Everybody, right? Everybody. It's not just a, a, a thing with addiction. Everybody has character defects, and if you think, all right, I can't say if you think, I'll say if, no, I'm going to say if you think you don't have character defects, you're fucking lost your mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could say that. Yeah. Uh, you take, a de- take a deep look, you know? Do you lie? Do you cheat? Do you steal? Do you, you know, what is that, and why do I believe that this is okay? What are these, how are, are these making me a better or a worse person? Um, and today I constantly try to fucking challenge that and, and work on those beliefs instead of allowing the activating event, the outside circumstances in my life to control my happiness. So getting back to like why I'm so happy today, man, is because I know how much worse things could be, dude. I'm grateful for everything, dude. Like I'm so just happy to be here happy to be alive bro and and it it could be a lot worse and that's come through like understanding that i have a higher purpose that that i have worth it's come through love and uh you know I, i didn't all right, so let me cut back here real quick. So, you know, I went for like whatever, eight years. We were young, had kids. We had we had two, five years apart, man, and we struggled with bills constantly. Like I moved up here and on probation, I had to find a job, dude. I had to fucking go back down to California within two weeks, tell them I had a job, tell them I had a place to live. They gave me two weeks. And so I fucking came up here, dude. Found, uh, my wife had a place to live. Uh, we weren't married at the time, but. Uh, I found a telemarketing job, right? Boom, and uh, the telemarketing jobs. I don't, I don't know if you've ever worked in a telemarketing place. No, uh, I imagine that could suck the soul out of you pretty quick. Though. <laughs> uh, I fucking loved it. Bro. Oh, really? Okay. I loved it, but yeah, it could suck the soul out of you. Well, I've met some debt collectors that just fucking hated it. So. <laughs> yeah. I guess telemarketing might be different. But. 
I could I could turn off my personal feelings. Like yeah. I, I was, re- I've been really good at turning off my feelings, right, for my whole life. So, mm-hmm. um, I didn't let that affect me. But like, I moved up here having kids, dude, and like, didn't have a career, bro. Like, put the carrot before the fucking stick or whatnot. Like, I had, you know, I had kids. We didn't get married. Like, we kind of done things backwards a little bit in my life. But I didn't. So I didn't. Uh, and then I didn't really have like this career, or, like a stability. Like we struggled, and and we were young. We didn't, you know. We so young marriage is kind of tough, dude. And uh, eventually, like uh, man, our marriage just kind of broke apart. Like uh, at the at the end of our marriage, we're, we were divorced technically. Like at the end of our marriage, man, like. Uh, I wanted to take our family to uh, Disneyland, dude, and so I worked, uh, I was working at Denny's at the time and at the casino as a bartender. So I worked in the morning at Denny's and then I worked at the casino at night, and, like I just stacked up money for a year. Well, during that year, man, like I was so like distant from my family, like I was constantly working 16 hour days, six days a week. And if I wasn't working, I was sleeping. Like, I'd wake up like, what fucking day is it? What time is it, man? But I had this goal in my head, like, that I needed. It was something I really wanted, man, like, to take my, my family to, uh, my kids to Disneyland. Because I grew up right next to it, dude. I've been there thousands of times. I used to work there. Like, you know, it's a magical kingdom, dude. Like, and so I wanted to take my family there, but. You're from um, San Jose? No, I'm from Orange County. Okay. Garden Grove. Nice. Uh yeah, I live like a 10-minute walk from Disneyland. Yeah. So, uh, I was pretty cool. But so, like, I I was so distant and so working. Like, we were already just fucking young and stressed and always arguing, not looking at each other's perspectives. The little things I was, I was talking about before, like, you know, yelled because the dishes ain't done, the fucking house ain't clean, this and that, and just not really, like, loving each other and... Uh, I was working so much, dude, like, I ended up, towards the end of that year of, of working, I, I picked up drugs again. It was my escape from dealing with all the fucking feelings and emotions, and, like, I wasn't treating my wife like a good wife, like, at all. Uh, I didn't show her the love, man, I, we just kind of disconnected, and boom, I, I got back, uh, had started using drugs, and then, uh, made that year and took my stopped using drugs for a couple weeks and took them to Disneyland California for a week dude we did everything it was really cool um and then we got back dude and it, it I went right back to using drugs like I just disconnected and like it re- went downhill from there like we ended up getting divorced and uh, uh I wasn't able to see my kids for over a year um, it was, it was a two-way dance, man, and, like, I'm not gonna say, I just, I guess I'll just take charge for, for my part, like, so we both, you know, it takes two to tango, right, so mm-hmm. we both have our faults, but, um, mine was in, in hiding those feelings again, not being able to deal with life, uh, so, um, boom, yeah, and it, and it goes back, like, deep and hard when you, when you pick up again, like, after not using for, 
just like you right into the deep end, not not even the shallow end. You're not dipping a toe in, dude. It just was horrible. Um, and so like at that point, I didn't really know how to live, man. Without my kids, I'd been a family man for eight, nine years, whatnot. And so I just buried myself deep into addiction, and I didn't think I ever wanted to really stop at that point. Like I didn't, I didn't want to be clean and sober. Um, I I got to that point out of selfishness, actually. Like it's one of my character defects, right? But I put it into challenge my beliefs a little bit and put it into like a good use, selfishness of goodness. Like revenge, bad, but revenge can be used in a good way as well. And I'll, I'll try and touch on that here in a moment. But I want to tell you how I kind of like came to a new a new way of thinking, man. What changed my life was uh, I'm in county jail, dude, and I know I'm going... I know I'm going to prison, right? We'll back up a couple days. Uh, my wife served me with uh, divorce paperwork. I'm in county jail, dude, and I'm fucking just angry. And somebody says something, and I just lied up on them and uh, caught into the charge uh, in assault three. And I was just fucking angry, bro. And then a few days later, well, a few weeks later, uh, I'm going for my sentencing. I know I'm going to prison, and I'm facing. They offered me 110 months. And I was like, no, dude, that's fucking 10 years. Um, they, had a, they had a lot on me. Uh, my charges ranged from possession of controlled substance to violation of no contact order because you know, over those several years, man, like my wife and I like always had this attraction, dude, and like we're really good together and we're really good together and then we could be really toxic if, if we're not in a good space. And there is no more of that toxicness now. Uh, but, um, like, so I, I'd always fucking, if she said, you know, the kids needed me, boom, I'm there. And then <coughs> I'll never not be there for my kids. I don't give a fuck who says what law. I don't care. But if I'm a, in a good frame of mind, I can do that. If I'm not, I can't do that anymore. Like, I can't bring that into their lives. But not being there is, is just as toxic as, as being there toxic. So I don't know. Um, but where I'm going with that is, uh, so I'm getting ready. I, I, I went to court for my sentencing and she showed up there and had this like three page speech did. And it was like how I needed more time in prison, how I was all these faults and they, they weren't wrong, dude. It, it, they weren't wrong. Like she just listed off all this fucking horrible shit that I had done. Right. And it was, it was so fucking just like crushing, man. And, and we got done with court and the judge ended up not taking her advice um, on extending, extending my time or whatnot. He's like, we've already come to an agreement. I was going to do 54 months, 54 months, 27 in and 27 out on paper. And so, like, where I get out of court and the sheriff's walking us all back. And, like, I, I knew the sheriff by now because I'd been arrested quite a few times. And he's like, man, Scotty, he's like, that was fucking brutal, bro. I've been doing this for, like, 25 years. He's like, I know that's not the person you are. He's like, that may have been the things that you did, but that's not who you are. Like, I've talked to you. And he's like, man, that's vicious. Don't let it fucking keep you. Don't let it hold you down, you know what I mean? And so I went back into 
my cell and I'm not really a big talker to people I'm not fucking when I go to jail I'm not active in that fucking environment like I try to just keep it myself but I talked to this one older gentleman man and it changed my perspective on on, on what I was doing uh, for selfish reasons so I went back there and, and I'm talking to this old timer he was like a uh, a biker pastor, I want to say. If I don't know if that's the correct title, but whatever. Um, he was a good man, and he, you know, he was older, and he's uh, like, dude, you're fucking, you're so angry, bro. Like, I didn't even really get into telling. He could tell. He's like, he knew what was going. He's like, man, you're so fucking angry. This is gonna destroy you. And he's like, there's. He went into it, and he's like, the one thing that I used to raise my kids with, man, and I put on all the walls of my house, was a saying. And it's, uh, hate is like the acid that destroys its own container. Okay? And me, at this time, I'm we're in his little cell or whatever, and I'm fucking raging on the inside of all this shit, dude. Like, how could she do this to me, man? I'm going to fucking prison for... You know, two years, dude, I fucking just, and my mind's going and all these vengeful things. And like, with everybody in my past, right, I'm blaming everybody. I'm blaming my mom, I'm blaming my dad, I'm blaming my brother. Fuck my brother. Fuck everybody, dude. And and, and I just had this rage, dude. And I'm like, and he said that to me and I'm like, trying to contemplate it, dude. But I'm just so foggy in the head. I'm like, what? what does that mean, bro? And he's like, that hate inside you, man, is like, you know, it, he just kind of rephrased it. He's like, it's, it's killing. He's like, think about it. Okay, right now you hate your wife, right? <sighs> I was like, yeah. I got, I got nothing but contempt, nothing but all these bad things, right? And he's like, well, is that, is that doing anything to her? And I thought about it. I'm like, what do you mean? It's not doing anything to her, dude. It's I hate her. Like, he's like, so it's doing nothing. I was like, well, but and he's like, what's it doing to you? It's like it's fucking eating you up inside, man. It's gonna cause you to fucking kill somebody. It's gonna cause you to kill yourself. It's gonna cause you to leave your kids. You're you're losing. I'm like, okay, fuck, I'm losing. Fuck that. I hate people, dude. And it just kind of, it dawned on me. I don't, well, I'm a very competitive person. I don't want to fucking lose. <laughs> yeah. She's fucking, all right, we're divorced. She wants me to, you know, she's got all this anger and rage too, right? I've, 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 I've left my family, dude. I abandoned them. Uh, and so, I'm like, all right, well, what do I fucking, what do I do? And I didn't know I was in, like, the midst of fucking coming to recovery there. Like, he's like, you got to let it go, man. It, it's harder than, you know, me saying it. Sounds simple, right? Or what's the old saying? Oh, it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. So I could say this, let go of your fucking hate because it's killing you. But how do you do that, man? So I, I did, and I did it selfishly because I didn't want to lose, right? I wanted to be... 
she didn't want me anymore. So I wanted to be the fucking man that she wanted me to be so I could be a fucking better person and I could win. Well, selfishly, I did. I, I fucking went back to my cell, man, and I wrote out fucking all this rage. He's yeah. like, you gotta, you gotta take all this rage and anger, man, and you gotta fucking put it down, and you gotta say it, and you gotta let it go. And you gotta keep practicing letting it go because it's gonna come up, and you're gonna get mad again, and it takes practice. It takes practice of letting go of that shit because your brain says this is how you feel about it. Forgiveness is about relinquishment. You're letting go. So for, for me, man, I wrote down fucking pages of people I was mad at, uh, things that I had done, fucking ways that I fucked up, and I've, I've done a lot of things, dude, and, I've, and there's no way I could ever make it good in this world. Like, I've stolen people's cars, you know, I've, I've just done all this fucked up shit. I sold drugs to a lot of people, man, and that fucking tore apart a lot of families. Um, and there's no way I can ever fucking make amends to that. But they do have like living amends like on being a better person. Like I'll get into that in a second. So, um, but I went and I wrote out all this stuff, dude. And what I really realized, man, was that I hated myself, bro. Because I let all these people and all these events control how I was behaving and dictate who I had become. And so that's, that's, I feel it's important, man. Like, and why I, I, Agreed to do this podcast, I guess, instinctively, even though I really am uncomfortable. I'm kind of uh, leaning into that, man, because uh, it's important for me to, like, show my kids and other people that you don't have to be defined by your past, right? I don't have to be defined by being an ex-felon or an ex-con, a felon. Uh, That doesn't have to be who I am today. And if you didn't know, like a lot of people... if I just talk to you, you never maybe most people never guess that I'm an ex felon or an ex cop. Yeah, I said at the very beginning I wanted to talk to you because you seem like a very happy person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, and, and that's been through the struggle and, and like opening my eyes, letting go of that rage, um, and, and just going into something with that open mind, dude. So, so I went and I wrote that out that night, bro, and. I did. I just forgave everybody. Like, I didn't care that I'd been through all this shit as a child, right? None of it. I, I, I let go of it. And I felt better, right? But it's taken practice because all that shit comes back into your life. I was in prison. I couldn't talk to my wife. I couldn't talk to my kids. I didn't, wasn't talking to anybody. So. At the time, it was easy to let go of that, right? And as you come back into contact with people and things happen in your life, those things that that thought may come back and that anger may come back and you have to practice on, no, I've relinquished that. I don't hold that against you because I don't want you to hold against me what I've done and I know what I've done. Uh, not just for that reason, man, but like to be to be a better person, you can't carry around your sins from the past, man. Like... I guess that's what they say in the Bible. Jesus died for your sins or whatnot, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, but me, I'm just, I'm just uh, living to make those amends. To there's living amends, you know, like uh, becoming active in like recovery and like some twelve step programs, um, 
doing things for your con uh, community, like uh, volunteering and stuff like that, helping people in need, man, and, and spreading that love. And then that's all I can do for today. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I, all right, I let go of this rage, man. Now I have fucking prison ahead of me. And so I'm like, I'm in. I want to be a better person. I'm going to be a better person. So when, thankfully, you know, in Washington State, uh, they have a prison that has a great education program. And I'm like, well, you know, in prison you can get a you you can get a job or you can program like you can do oh, education. Was this a like a state or county prison or was it a federal prison? State. Okay. Yeah, I went to Walla Walla State Prison. Uh, Offspring has a song about Walla Walla. Hmm. If you didn't know, but <laughs> I didn't realize it till after I went to Walla Walla that that's what they were singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, dude. Uh, but I'm like. All my life, I've worked in restaurants or telemarketing center that I ran for five years. That was fucking, I loved that job. If they wouldn't have closed down, I would have never left. But, you know, it was all like nothing with benefits, no fucking, in the restaurants, I didn't have a constant schedule. Like, it was tough and it made life harder. And so they have a great education program, man. And, and like, I had a few options now to expand my mind again. And so, uh, there they have like they have welding, they have machining, they have auto body, they have uh, computer fucking lab science fucking all this technical shit. Like they have some trades in there, right? Uh, the Walla Walla Community College brought it into Walla Walla Prison, so it's just like you're going to college. They just brought it on campus into the prison. So uh, I was able to like I just thought about it, man, and I'm like, fuck. Well, I'm already. 36 years old, 35 years old, you know, what can I do for the rest of my, you know, my work life till I retire that my body's going to allow me to fucking do. And like, so I chose, I chose machining. Uh, and man, I just, I just jumped into that fucking head on. Uh, I spent my time in prison, like 15 hours a day, either, uh, doing therapy, uh, IOP treatment. It's, whatever, in custody fucking uh, drug counseling. Mm -hmm. I did that, and then I went to school for eight hours a day uh, to be a machinist, and then um, I had a couple other, like, math and uh, pretty much just math class. What's the other fucking... Oh, writing and fucking... Uh, what's the other class called? Like, how to... Communications. Communications. So a couple of classes, man. And um, so... I did that, man, I, I, for a year. They have a year program. And then I became a teacher's aide because I was really good at it. Like, I excelled. I wanted to know. I wanted to grow. I wanted to be better, man. And so I became a teacher's aide and just uh, really spent my time, um, if I wasn't in school, uh, tutoring guys, helping guys, like, get their GED and fucking uh, learn how to machine, how to write code, um, so I just, and that's where I started, dude. And I started helping guys um, with their schooling. And one of the one of the dudes is like, "Man, you need to you need to get into this twelve step program that they have here, dude." And uh, you know, like I said before, I'd heard about them, but it, it it wasn't something for me. But I knew at this point, dude, like, 
what I've been doing hasn't been working, man. So I'm going to check this out, right? I want my life to be different. And so I went to this fucking program, right? And it's like 20 guys in there. And, you know, you got coffee, which was cool, man. Because uh, coffee is a hot commodity, you know. Um, and I went in there and I'm with other guys like, you know, a couple other guys had like killed people and like, you know, just people that have the like fucking tattoos up and down, right? And you're like, and this is prison, right? And you're like, fuck. And I went in there, man, and there was just such love, bro. Like just this acceptance. And I couldn't believe it. Like it was like, what? Why you why you guys love me, dude? What what's up with that? And you know, they have a saying it's like we'll love you until you love yourself. And it's come from like it's come from right, our our past where people have developed this program, man, of like like I said, one one person helping another. You go to the to the auto guy to fix your car, man. You, you go to somebody who understands addiction to to help you with your addiction. And uh, so that's where it started for me, man. Was was selfishly, and then I I got that love, bro, and like uh, I knew that was that there was more to life. You know, I was in prison, and like at that moment when I started that, and like I was reading a lot of books, and every day I was uh, into like. Uh, daily meditation and uh, readings and stuff and expanding my mind, I felt more free than I had ever felt in my life. And I'm locked up. Like, wow, there's something to this. So, uh, you know, it's been a journey. Like, I don't have to be that person I was yesterday. And I know that things could always be a lot worse, man. So, like, when I wake up, uh, there's a saying, I don't know if you've heard it, uh, change, your uh, change your gratitudes, change your attitudes. Interesting. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. Uh, like, if, if you're not grateful for anything in life, uh, how you feel in, in deep addiction, what, I felt what was there to live for, man. I, I couldn't I couldn't feel anything else. Um, but you, you if you can stop man and you can look at all the things around you and just realize how fucking good it is. Like for me, man, uh obviously I was gonna say earlier if if I had to pick a music genre for my life, it's the country song. I lost my house, I lost my wife, I lost my dog, I lost my car, I lost my, I lost my everything. But what I've done, man, is I've taken that record player, which is my brain, and I'm learning how to fucking rewire it backwards from what it was playing, and now I'm getting back my dog, I'm getting back my house, I'm getting back, <laughs> got back my kids, and the things don't matter, right? I got a car, I don't give a fuck. I could have no car, I could have... Nothing, bro, as long as I still have the love of my family and the love of my friends and I can, I don't have to let those outside things dictate how I feel today because I choose not to let them. So I practice like, I practice like thinking into the future, man, like I think I was telling you before, uh, I look at these events that I know I've acted a certain way towards and that I want to change, right? 
So uh, let's let's use road rage, dude. Like road rage. If somebody cuts you off, how does that make you feel? Do you get like you get mad? You're gonna cut them off? You're gonna fucking get in front of them? You're gonna ride their ass? You're gonna honk your horn? Like that's not okay, dude. Nobody can cut me off. I'm gonna fuck with this guy, right? right? <laughs> now, me being a parent. And not just being a parent, I've done this a lot in, when I was younger. But dude, I my I, I believe my old lady had our kid one time, and his head's fucking cracked open, right? And I'm driving to the hospital as fast as I can, cutting people off, doing 95, driving on the shoulder, and people are fucking out the window with their fingers and honking at me. And it's like, so now, like I, I've challenged that belief, right? I look at if somebody cuts me off, bro. Maybe they're fucking on the way to the hospital. Maybe they're having a really bad day. And I try and use that empathy, man, and like, okay, drive safe, dude. But I'm not going to make this situation worse. I'm not going to make your day worse because the world's bad enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, you know? So changing that narrative before you get into that situation again is key. So, like, if you go to work, man, and you're always expecting the same fucking coworker to be, ah, fuck you, and you, you don't really get along with them or something, change that narrative. Okay, so when he says this, man, I usually say that, and like, we don't fucking, we don't see eye to eye. So let me change that narrative in my head. Oh, when he acts like an asshole, let me let me spread some love to him. Let me fucking ask him how he's doing today. Let me change that narrative, and now you've changed the whole interaction. And if you continue doing that, you start to make changes, and you start rewiring your brain. And soon, it's not that same old narrative. You go to work, and you're, ah, fuck you. Now your narrative has changed, your daily routine, your habits. So constantly checking back into your mind, dude, and challenging those beliefs fucking killer for me like it's changing my whole life dude because like i said you know when you grow up man like you you have your childhood and you get to either learn what you want to do how you want to behave or you, how you don't want to behave right my old man yelled at, yelled at me and beat on me i knew i never wanted to fucking ever hit my kids right couldn't do it like i have like ptsd well i, I used to have kind of Mostly gotten over it, but like, so for years, my old man woke me up and he would fucking uh, bring this wiffle ball bat in from like the Angels games, a solid fucking yellow wiffle ball bat and fucking whack and hit me, dude, whack. Wake up, it's time for school. Whack or yell at me or scream at me or hit me with something. Like that's how I woke up. Days and days and days and days for a long time, right? So uh, as I got older, like uh, finally, one day, I think I swung back when I got old enough, dude, and I just fucking was fed up. And from that that moment on, it didn't really happen. Uh, or if it did, we had a battle. But, like, so I don't like people touching me when I wake up. And that's been kind of fucked off. It was fucked off for a lot of years. Like, my mom tried waking me up when after that. And, like, I think I rolled over and, like, kicked her in the face and didn't even realize it. That was just reaction, right? I had this, you shake me, and I was fucking, I'm swinging, you wake me up yelling at me, dude, and I'm like, I'm coming back at you full steam, like, and that changed for me uh, when my first son was younger, dude, like, he came in, like, four years old, daddy, daddy, and I had got off a graveyard or something, and he shook me, and like, I guess I fucking, no, I guess, I picked him up, I guess, by his shirt collar and fucking threw him across the room, boom, into the wall. And he started screaming and crying. I'm half dead. I didn't really know what was going on until my wife fucking rolled over and she fucking cold cocked me. Wham! Boom! And knocked me in the face. 
And she already knew kind of not to wake me up. That was my traumas and stuff like that. So she understood. But when it happened, like when I took that out on my son, I, uh, it, it changed me. So like I had to every day, like when I went to sleep, when I'm waking up, like if, if I'm aware, I had to like instantly become conscious. Okay, it's okay to be awake. All right. Like, and not to go to that place of anger, not to go to that rage, dude. So like it takes a lot of uh, mental fucking fuckery to change those those behaviors that you have ingrained in you um so it, it it's it's been a struggle but like i guess i kind of lost my train of thought again a little bit but because i could go into it for hours and hours and hours but what i, I really want to change the narrative of is uh well, I guess not change the narrative, man, but like for me, I feel, I and mean, I can't say, oh, it's my parents' fault or this or that, um, but for me, man, like talk to your kids about drugs. Like make sure that they fucking know about them. Like, and not just say, oh, don't do drugs, dude. Like go into it. Fucking do that research. Pull up some fucking pictures of drugs and, and the effects and uh, the before and after pictures of what fucking people look like, man. It's, it's amazing. I prefer the the active addiction picture and then the recovery picture it's fucking amazing as opposed to you know vice versa yeah, yeah. It, it's great what recovery does to you but like talk to your kids about drugs because it's real and if you see that junkie on the fucking side corner and you're like oh that guy's a junkie he fucking deserves it remember that could be your kid talking you know to somebody in, in junior high or high school oh sure I'll try a drug and then boom, they have that mind that is wired to that addiction. So is that still your true narrative, man? Does, does your kid or your niece or your nephew deserve to be that junkie because they used one time? That's not the narrative, man. That, nobody deserves that. And there is an unwiring, and it's through love. Because once you get into that addiction, dude... You've done it for a reason, for your past traumas, because you feel less than, because you, you, you already have heartbreak, bro. And then when you get into that active addiction, you just fucking hate yourself, and it's self-loathing, and the world is just not a fucking good place. And the war on drugs does not make that better. The solution is through love, man. That's what it was for me. And, and thankfully, like... I, I had that 12-step program, right? There was a lot of love there, dude. And that was, that was one, like, I didn't have my family at the time. I'm in prison. So I felt that, bro. But then, you know, when I get out and I had made all these changes and I'm making all these steps. Are we running out of time? Oh, we're good. Oh, cool. Still going an hour. I'll keep going for days. No, um, but, you know, when I, when I started to feel that love, bro, like I had the support of my family, like I still fucking struggle. And I know for like a lot of people, they, I think I already said like, oh, why don't you love me? Why are you choosing drugs over me? Why you, you don't love me? Like, sometimes it's not that choice with, and, and I've seen it like, and people, people don't understand like, okay, I picked up, my brother picked up drugs. He tr he's tried drugs, he's not an addict. Why? You th I don't like using drugs. Today, I can tell you, I don't like using drugs, right? I fucking hate it. It's destroyed so much. But why does my mind still say in certain scenarios, it starts to say, boom. Hey, Scotty, yo, call up the fucking dope man. 
what? Wait, who was that? Oh, that was that devil in my mind. It was one of those voices. And it's been that. All right. Well, okay. Now, dude. Uh, no, man. You don't have to feel like that. It's okay to feel like that. But there's more. There's, there's more. And like, so I just have to constantly refocus my mind. Even today, sometimes. Um, I'm pretty careful what I let into my, let into my world. And, and very reserved, like. I don't let a lot of like bad narrative into my life. Like I cut off social media. Uh, it's one of the best things I've ever done. Oh <laughs> man! I stopped Facebook like seven years ago. Did you? And uh, pretty much I cut out everything except fucking this Instagram. And I just stopped using that like last year or two. And then I would creep on Twitter. Just to kind of see what the fuck the world narrative and and crazy land is, and uh, deleted that feels free. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, it is I so don't freeing. Have to fucking look at my phone anymore. <laughs> it is so freeing. Oh, you know, and there's such. I don't even know how I got sucked into that shit. Is the funny thing. <laughs> it's just like it just happened. Yeah, it's like here's this new thing, and boom, yeah. it's an addiction, bro. Yep. I take really care to uh, try and keep balance in my life on everything I do because my character defects run deep and wide and I can run into video game addiction, bro, and all of a sudden I'm ignoring my family and just playing fucking games all day long. I haven't done that in a long time, but, uh, you know, so I'll just play a few games with my kids. We'll play Smash Bros. or old school Mario or something, Um, but not a lot of time into it. So I I try and balance everything out because... uh, too much of anything is bad, right? Mm-hmm. If it takes over your priorities in your life, it's, it, it can become a bad thing. Working out, exercising, if that becomes something that I used to be addicted to working out. I used to run fucking 20 miles a day, you know? Just crazy stuff. Um, obviously not a, not a killer thing, but it, if it takes away from your family and your life and your priorities, it can become bad. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm very cautious of that, but... Um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, so talk to your kids about drugs, right? Like, ne- let them know the realities. And that first bad choice might be your only choice. One, it could kill you. There's people fucking dropping dead, and the drugs are so strong today that it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. That's a fucking scary thing that a lot of people don't realize. Because, like, I don't know, I've, I've had some friends talk about you know, oh, every once in a while I'll do some coke or whatever. And it's like, bro, they're cutting that shit with fentanyl. Fentanyl, it's in everything. That can kill you. Like, it's in everything now. I don't know. There's a lot of dangerous shit out there now. And people are just kind of uh, ignorant to that. Yeah. So the the reality is there, man. And then um, something else that's really important, man, is to, uh, I feel, is to let them know, uh, to talk to them about their dreams. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's, that's your roadmap to the future. When I have goals, and I do, I have something to work towards every day, and I'm actively working on those, and it, it's something a lot of people say, dude, but if you don't actively do it, if you don't put that on paper, if you don't have that that you're driving for, where are you going in life? Especially as a teenager, like you're so lost, right, into this huge world. 
And if I don't have a dream and I don't have a goal and I don't have a drive and uh, the ones that I did have were looked upon negatively, now what do I do? Why not try this? Why not? Okay, well, I guess, you know, and boom. So, man, like whatever your kids dream, whatever my kids want to do, man, if there's some value in it, if it's something that they want to do, support them, dude. I'm going to support them. I don't care what it is. You know, if it's not something that's fucking killing people and uh, they enjoy it, man, uh, they can they can love what they do or enjoy what they do and uh, live for themselves and for their family and for love. I'm supportive, dude. Like, that's cool. Whatever they want to do, man, just support them and drive them and, then, and let them know it's okay. Hey, just because you have a dream today and you work towards that and it doesn't work out, man, keep dreaming. You know? Don't have a plan to fall back on. Nobody should fall backwards. Like, oh, if I fucking lose my job here, I can fall back on serving. No, man, drive forward. Why fall back? You know where that goes. It takes you back. You know? So uh, talk to your fucking kids about uh, their dreams, man. That's important. Uh, let them know about the trades that are out there. Like, expand that 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 knowledge, right? Because I mean, a lot of kids just see video games now. I want to fucking be a gamer. And well, that's cool if that's what they want to do, man. But let them know. Think about it. It's endless, endless possibilities. But drive them to have a goal and to have that dream and to work for it. Uh, yeah, man. that's what my kids know. You know, like they can live with us for as long as they want. As long as they're gaining an education or they're working a career, and then you know they'll they'll pay rent or whatnot a little bit, hold them a little bit responsible, let them know how the world the world works. But if they want to move out at eighteen, they can do that too. It's it's their life, but like I just support them, man, and like uh, they they've seen a lot of my destruction, man, and it was horrible, and I didn't consider that like. So, you know, I, I work strongly on, on being present today, on uh, being in the moment. Like, I, we, we all have this thing called time. You don't know when the time's up. So I, I, today I try and spend that time in the moment. I get to ration my week, right? I got 40 hours of work. Okay, I got a day to, to help my community. We have a day of, uh, we, we celebrate the Sabbath on uh, Shabbat on Saturday, so it's a family day and a, a day of uh, being appreciative of, of our greater power, of, you know, everything. So, like, when I'm in that moment, when I have my time for my kids, it's quality time, and I'm in the moment. When I'm talking to my wife, I talk to her, I'm in the moment. And not just fucking kind of, like, cutting through life, dude. I try and, like, when I'm at work, I, I try and be at work and try and, not always, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sometimes I try and lose myself in my work and be like, oh, yeah. But, so uh, just constantly trying to grow. Um, but yeah, talk to your kids about dreaming, dude. It's always important to dream, even for us, man. Like, I'm dreaming. Uh, I started dreaming in prison, you know, about that, ed you know, this education. And like, I didn't really believe that I could get out of prison and become a machinist and... Uh, become a contributing member to society. I didn't dream that, I, like, I dreamt about having my family back, dude, but, like, we were so far apart. 
And like there was so much between us, dude, like I never imagined. And then it's like you put in this work, man, and you know that it's not me, it's more than just me. And you just constantly keep your mind open and expand your fucking beliefs and, and challenge that shit and like good things will happen. So yeah, I'm dreaming, dude. Like uh, on one of your podcasts, I was telling you, like, I learned something from every podcast you had, right? Like, I try and you can learn something from everybody. That's an awesome thing to hear, dude. <laughs> you can learn something from anybody and everything, man. From from the guy on the corner to the the salesman at the guy, the clerk at the mm-hmm. gas station to fucking brain fucking doctors, right? You can learn somebody from something from everything, everybody. Just how are you looking at it? How are you looking at it? Are you you just think you're better than that person, so there's nothing that you can grow from? There's something, dude. Dig deep. Um, yeah. And that's the fucking universe from here. <laughs> that's the universe from here. That is my perspective. Huh. Well, holy shit, man! Fucking. Uh... I will say that I started this with like as long as you can reach one person, like that's all I'm looking for. I think you reached me with some shit. Oh, cool. So, man. Yeah. Um, I don't even think the listeners listeners need to worry about that now. They're like, I hope I <laughs> fucking get affected by this or something. Cool, man. No, no, the stuff you're saying on uh, how hate. Uh, What'd you say? It's like the acid that eats the container. Hate is the acid that destroys yeah. its own container. You're going off on that. Something clicked to me. I think there's uh, definitely some introspection that I need to work on. Because, like, I don't know. I've been battling hate in my heart for a long time. And I think just the fact that I'm fucking battling it <laughs> is, you know, it's, I've been trying different ways to go about acknowledging it and working with it but yeah I think you have some really solid advice there yeah I mean depending on what you're hating like I can't really honestly say that I hate anything today or anybody yeah see that's what I feel like but dude it'll come out on those dark times like I was talking about earlier you know yeah and that can eat you up yeah like, definitely does. Maybe it doesn't drive you to drugs. Maybe it doesn't drive somebody else to drugs, but it does it drive you to a character defect? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. So, like, we can all take power in, like, learning how our mind is wired, right? They say that, uh, uh, what is it, uh, neurons that are, are fired together are wired together. Mm-hmm. So when you relate one thing with another, that becomes to become wired inside of you until you undo that wiring. Right? Like if you hear a song, when you hear like, uh, for me, let's go with Third Eye Blind, dude. That takes me back to like the 90s, man. And I can remember like specific, specific instances. And boom, I'm in that moment and I'm in yeah. that feeling, bro. And so... It's weird how that shit works, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. So I, when I was talking about being really cautious, I'm, I'm cautious of what I let in and how I let it affect me. Yeah, I'll listen to that music, but only temporarily. And then I have to know that that 
feeling may or may not be true and correct, right? Mm-hmm. Because it could take me back to a bad place, uh, and I don't realize it. Um, yeah, dude. Country backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those families out there, one more thing I want to say, man, is like, okay, so my, my family tried to have like this intervention when I was younger. I was like 19, I think. I finally told my parents I was selling drugs and like they were just so closed-eyed to it that uh, they, they were in denial, you know what I mean? And like all everything was, all the signs were there, They, you know. Um, so they tried to have, this is like before the show intervention, they tried to have this intervention, man, and it was like real negative and we're going to make you fucking stay here, you're going to do this and you're going to fucking stop using drugs and like it was such a negative connotation, dude, that like if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. And right. so I, like I fought aggressively like to be the opposite of what they wanted me to be. Um, I would say, man, if you have somebody in your family struggling with addiction, uh, come to them at a place of love, man. Um, you know, as a group collective, they say if you, if you, if you baby an addict, you'll bury an addict. Uh, I've heard that. And I, I kind of truly believe it, man. Like the more that, and this may sound fucking heartless, but the more that you support an addict, the further they, the more resources they have to dig themselves a deeper hole, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't have a phone or a car, or, that limits your resources towards uh, your, your resources. Everything is a resource in the drug world, right? Like if you got a phone, you can call the dealer, you can make sales, you can do whatever. If you have a car, now you're even more valuable. Um, so if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, if you have somebody that's active in addiction, man, know that, uh, uh, what's it called? Supporting them, uh, it's called something, the word's going to come to me, but you have to let them know from a place of love, like we love you, we care about you, and uh, but we cannot continue to support this kind of behavior. When you're ready, because only you can be ready, only I can be ready to stop, dude. Nobody can make me ever stop. Uh, when you're ready, man, we love you and we're here for you. But until then, I can't pay for your phone bill. I can't pay for your car bill. I. I will feed you because I love you and I don't want you to die, but I'm not going to make, you know, I can't support you. That's called uh, codependency. Being co- I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if, 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 you're gonna, if you know somebody, man, just spread that love, but, you know, let them know that you're there for them, that there's help and that you're willing to help them when they're ready. That's, that's really the only thing that you can do, but. You know, prior to loving them before they get to that point, dude. And that's. I feel like uh, the war, man. The war is not going to work. The war doesn't work. You know. Uh, I already have enough self contempt for myself, and I noticed that, like, going into a, a treatment program, man. Everybody there, that's the same. They have what they call self affirmations, mm. like. Uh, how do you feel about yourself? Who are you? And nobody can say, man, I'm a good person. I love myself. I'm a good dad. Because they don't believe it. They don't believe any of it, regardless if it's truth or not, man. It's just like, so uh, love is important, dude. Like, we all have trouble loving ourselves, I think, sometimes. We all like carry around those fucking those things that you did in the past or 
things that other people did to you in the past, and it weighs on you. It weighs on you. And, uh, yeah, one foot in the, what's it called? One foot in the past and one foot in the worrying about the future. You're pissing on the present. <laughs> well, you can't enjoy the moment if you're, always, if you're always living in the past or tripping about the future, man. You're ruining the moment. Yeah. Let's be here. Have those gratitudes. It will, it will change your attitude. If you're grateful for stuff, man, it's harder to be it's harder to be negative. It's harder to just to throw everything away if I realize <laughs> I have this love, I have this, I have the sunshine today, uh, you know? I have all these things you're grateful for, just from everything that God gives you, you know? From the water, to your food, to your family. If you don't have family, man, there's people that love you. There's people, there's people out there. We're in there, we're in the 12-step programs, and like, it's the craziest thing, dude. Have you ever been to a 12-step program? Mm -mm. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, the whole press radio and films, man, but there's love, man, because there's life, and they will love you. So if you don't have family, man, know that there's still a better way. Like, yeah. I think I've kind of, I touched on kids, man, uh, and I touched on family. I touched you all, I hope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck, we'll wrap that up then. All right, bro. Got any shout-outs or anything? Um, Am I allowed to, like, plug, like, uh, something that's helped me? Sure. Somebody that's helped me? Uh, man, two people that... Uh, so, I'll go with one more thing. Like, if you don't know, like, a way of life, right? They say to, like... You look at your 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 mentor, your, something you admire, somebody you admire or whatnot. Uh, but these two guys, when I went to this uh, great treatment program in California, man, like they walked into the rooms and uh, like I felt the love, I felt the energy, dude, I felt the life because they were, and and they were as deep as anybody else for years and years, bro. But they had like this passion, and I instantly knew that's what I wanted. That's what. I want to fucking feel like that, dude. That seems fucking great. And all I've known for my whole life is like this negative connotation and this running. And like, so like you want to emulate that, right? I want that. So what am I do? I sat down, fucking talk with them, pick their brains, pick their minds a little bit and figured out, okay, what are you doing? Let's not reinvent the wheel, man. Let me start here and emulate this. I'm not saying make them your idol because that shouldn't be. You can't idolize one person because they're all faulty. But take the good, man. And so, like, um, especially these two guys, uh, Tim Arrigo, uh, you can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Facebook. Uh, he is the owner now of Dynamic Recovery Solutions. Uh, he's got fire and passion for life. He's an inspirational speaker and, like, a drug therapist and counselor and stuff like that. Uh, Tim Arrigo, uh, great guy. Tattooed from the eyeballs down, dude, but just a solid man and, and good and loving. And, and uh, also Fausto Castellanos. He goes by Sober Faust on, you said you have Instagram. Uh, he's also oh, I don't on. Anymore. <laughs> oh, you don't? Yeah, I don't <laughs> I anymore don't either. But uh, he's into uh, jump rope for recovery. And like he's okay. used the jump rope as something to like. To, to go to man like and so like he's like one of the best jump jump ropers in the country and whatnot super crazy but um 
they have a passion for life, man, that, that changed my life and allowed me to look at things in that different perspective and allow me to uh, just have these little things. All right, let's do this. Let's do that. Why? Why not? Why not? Everything else I did was not working. So let me fucking not reinvent the wheel, dude. Let me feel this love. Let me love. And it's great. So if you're struggling out there, man, or if you have a family member, those guys are uh, super amazing. Look them up. They have some great uh, talks online and stuff like that. But that's those are a couple guys that are really, really, uh, I'm really grateful to. I'm grateful to God, man. I'm grateful to my family. I'm grateful to you, man. I'm, I'm grateful for my work. Uh, you know, we haven't stopped working in this whole pandemic. So uh, not a whole lot has changed for me. It's been great. Uh, there's been some struggles, you know, but we're, we're working through them as a family one, one day at a time. And, you know, she's constantly, constantly challenging my beliefs. Because I could be right. I could be wrong. It could be a six. It could be a nine. <laughs> it could be neither. You know? Be both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's right if everybody's wrong, man. So have that dialogue, have that empathy, and have that love. Uh, I do want to ch- touch on this uh, fucking most yeah. memorable or funny shit story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I used to work for my uncle, like I said, and uh, I'd open up the office, dude, and I'd do a lot of fucking like uh, uh, following of the money. And uh, like from. from customer to bank and whatnot and all the fucking typing i hate typing and filing uh but yeah i went in to open the office and it had been a long night of fucking partying dude and i laid on he had a little fucking couch in there dude and uh you can never trust a fart (laughs) you can never i had something really important somebody important was coming in that morning and i was supposed to be there and well, I let go of a fart, dude, and it turned into a shark, so I fucking had to close up the office, drive home, fucking get on new shorts. I couldn't like, I couldn't sit there and have a, a client come into the office yeah. and have my shitty pants, you know what I mean? So uh, that my uncle calls me, where the hell are you? You're never going to believe it. Oh, man. So, yeah, never trust a fart. I, I, <laughs> that spoke to me deeply. Yeah. Uh, that's got to be it, dude. Yeah. Shit in your pants is something not to be taken lightly. No, no. Not if you're not prepared. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, how do we end this? Oh, yeah. The, the moon's hollow and there's aliens living inside it. All right. That was the episode. I hope you enjoyed. Um, if you go on iTunes, or no, Apple Podcasts, so you can actually leave reviews for Apple Podcasts. If you leave a review on there, I will read it out on the show, so nobody's gotten that memo yet, apparently. Got no reviews. I got fucking hundreds of people are listening to this, apparently. No reviews yet, but I don't know, it seems kind of low on Apple. It seems like I'm getting a little bit more activity on Spotify. But anyway, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can just email me. I'm not going to tell you my email address. You can figure it out if you're smart enough. You really can. Uh, mostly I get spam email, so if the robots can figure it out, surely you can. So if you want to get in touch with me, just let me know. And that's uh, that's how that's how we roll around here. So yeah, I hope you 
got something out of this podcast and they will continue to uh, produce them no matter how long it takes this is something that I will I will fucking die <laughs> before I stop putting out podcasts <laughs> does that even make sense uh, this, this is something I'm going to continue doing so don't ever expect it to stop alrighty I love you God bless America peace be with you bye